0: welcome to the lax goalie rat podcast every week we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies coaches and special guests this is the Lax goalie rat podcast now your host coach damon wilson oh yeah Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome back to another episode of the Lax Goalie Rap Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon Wilson, and in this podcast, it is my job to hunt down, to track down the best goalies in our sport, interview them, and find out what makes them so dominant. My guest today is Virginia Tech goalie Angie Benson, one of the top female collegiate goalies in our sport, right now. Her high school resume is filled with All-Americans and All-Stars and national teams and even a scholar-athlete award thrown in for good measure. In this conversation, we touch on a number of awesome topics, how she got her start and goal, how she ended up at Towson and realized it was not a good fit, how she goes about coaching youth, a job she got reading to CATS, And overall, her approach to mental toughness and this crazy position, that is lacrosse goalie. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this conversation with Virginia Tech goalie, Angie Benson. Before we get started with this conversation with Angie, I want to read a word from our sponsor, and that is my own online Lax Goalie Rat Academy. Last July, we put on a virtual lacrosse goalie summit, which was awesome, awesome stuff, 12... Or maybe 13 different presentations on all aspects of the game. From the mental side to the actual drills you can do to the physical side. Tons and tons of great stuff. All of those presentations are included with your access to the Lax Goalie Rat Academy. It's only 40 bucks a month. You can check it out at laxgoalierat.com slash goal. laxgoalierat.com slash goal goal. I hope to see you inside. Enjoy this conversation with Angie. Well, cool. I'm here today with Angie Benson, one of the top female athletes in the collegiate game today. Angie, welcome.
1: Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, awesome. Super excited to chat with you. I'm doing great. It's a great day. Uh, I always like to start with the story of when you first jumped into goal, your first experience. Do you remember that?
1: Uh, actually, I started pretty late, late in the, in the lacrosse game. Um, I started in sixth grade, so I was about 11 years old. Uh, before lacrosse, I played for a pretty prestigious soccer team. And I lived in Fort Lauderdale. Then my family moved to Palm City. And once I moved to Palm City, I was kind of just done with soccer. I didn't want to play with it. I was very burned out. It was kind of like I was on a college team at a very young age. <laughs> and by the time I was like 10, I was like, all right, over it. So then I moved to Palm city and I had all these soccer coaches knocking on my door, asking me to come play for their club team. And I was like, no, mom, I I don't want to play anymore. I'm done with soccer. I literally hadn't even touched another soccer ball since then. So then this one coach finally was like, okay, well, if you don't want to play for my soccer team, please come out and try lacrosse. We have a brand new rec program. It's only about two to three years old. Lacrosse wasn't very, prominent in Florida. It's still very new, especially in South Florida. He's like, come out and try. Mm -hmm. And then I showed up and he's like, all right, you're in goal. Like, I didn't even get a chance to even play field. I didn't even know what lacrosse was. I just showed up and he just shoved me in goal. And I kind of just stood there. And after the first practice, he's like, yeah, you're not leaving it. (laughs) And I was like, okay. Like, I I mean, it was kind of always been my position. I was a softball catcher and I was a soccer Mm -hmm. goalie. So now just me getting more things thrown at my face really wasn't anything new to me, but it definitely was a new sport. Uh, The ball hurt a lot more. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And yeah, I never really left the spot.
0: Nice. And so in those early days, like not knowing anything about lacrosse goalie, I imagine you relied quite a bit on your skills that you had learned, like playing soccer goalie and playing softball uh, catcher, right?
1: Right. I had to, the mentality was just don't let the ball in the net. that was it like I didn't have really a goalie coach yeah I was just like (laughs) just do whatever it takes don't let the ball in the net I didn't really understand the game uh the girls game lacrosse in general really wasn't on tv like I I knew I knew nothing like so I was just going out there pretty raw and just making sure the ball didn't get behind me and that was it so I learned a lot about angles that was really what I relied on a lot was just trying to block off the most angle as possible and then my athleticism kind of helped a lot. And then Mm -hmm. once I finally got taught how to play goalie, actually, it kind of all gelled together.
0: Interesting. What was that process like? Like when did you first get like some serious instruction uh, in terms of your goalie game?
1: Serious, serious instruction college. That's, that's what's crazy. Um, I've had like few goalie coaches here and there and, in high school and middle school, I maybe had like two or three lessons, like, but nothing that was specifically for goalies and by a goalie. So once I got to college, Mike Molster, when I went to Towson, uh, my freshman and sophomore year, he's the one that really just took me in. When I was in my recruiting process, like they even told me I didn't have any <laughs> like fundamental training. They like, they're like, we like you because you're athletic and raw and I want to mold you into whatever we can mold you in. You seem coach. That's why I got this position. So they knew I didn't have any goalie training. So once I got to college, I was just trying to be as much as a sponge as possible, and mm-hmm. that is basically all my coaching comes from my first two years of college.
0: What did they teach you? Was it more focused on like angles and that type of play, technique, mental game, all of the above?
1: All of the above. A lot of okay. it was technique. I didn't have much technique. Um, I had a a lot. Like my athleticism helped me with my fundamentals as well because like Mm -hmm. you're you're in goalie position is not any different than any other athletic position for any other sport angles are not any different from any other sport as well so I I took my multi-sport mentality and kind of applied it into the goal situation but then the mentality was kind of the same as soccer goalie the mentality was also the same as catcher so like I already had that like mental toughness now I just had to train it to be more lacrosse specific because it was such a high scoring game I wasn't used to being Rocked like 10 plus goals or something like that. (laughs) And like, obviously, I had to direct the defense a lot more in lacrosse than I did in other sports because I was just younger when I played these sports. So by the time I got to college, I was more aware of how the game worked. I didn't understand how lacrosse was played. I got in goal, saved the ball, cleared it out. And that was my whole entire job in high school and middle school. But once I got to college, they're like, no, you need to tell people what to do. (laughs) <laughs> I was like oh okay I got it now I had to understand the game so I spent hours and hours in film sessions I spent hours doing individual like training um I maxed out my weekly hours doing as much individual training as possible um I was going against two senior goalies my freshman year so I knew that I was already four years of college experience behind so I had to catch up in some type of way so I just put in as much hours as I can And I just tried to absorb as much as they taught me. But, yeah, it was mostly technique. Um, Mike never really wanted to change my style. He always said he wanted to enhance my play. Never change your style and how you do things, but I just want to make you faster and better at what you do. And I was like, okay, I completely respond. Like, I think that's how people can respond being coachable because the coach knows how to coach you. So I was like, okay, like, sick. I don't have to completely – Rearrange my whole entire life and goal and completely changed my, everything I've done in the past eight years I was playing before then he just wanted to make me better with what I was already doing and I definitely respected that
0: that's awesome that's awesome every goalie kind of plays a little bit a little bit different like style you know yeah. um, like how would you how do you describe your style
1: ready like, <laughs> um, first yeah, of all like, size
0: wise like I'm I'm a shorter men's I'm 5'8 so like I'm a shorter men's goal you're on the shorter side as well I'm on right? the
1: shorter side and smaller side to be honest yeah. Um, yeah they the stigma before was just kind of put the biggest kid in goal or the kid that didn't want to run in goal and like mm-hmm. now you see the game has changed so fast and now it's picking up speed even the rules in the girls game you have self-starts now you're 12 plays ahead than what you would have been. You have goalies coming out, running all the way down to the other side, making assists like the game has changed. So now the the goalie position and the stigma for the goalie position has kind of changed. And and I think you see more goalies coming out of their crease now and having more field like characteristics so they can keep up with how the game is going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyone that's seen your Instagram knows you are really into fitness. Um, You're fit. And I'd love to hear kind of what fitness and like training, how that impacts your goalie game, how that improves your goalie game.
1: Yeah. I got into lifting cause I was on the um, high school weightlifting team my freshman year.
0: Mm-hmm. All the
1: girls on the lacrosse team did weightlifting cause it was just like one little social gathering. And two, it made us stronger. And like, is again, for female athletics, putting women into the weight room, it, people are kind of delayed. that you show up to college and there's a lot of freshmen that have never squatted before. So yeah. it, it's kind of how we treat women athletes is a lot different than how we treat our male athletes in, in high school. So I, I liked weightlifting because it was my first like, true individual sport. Um, I couldn't blame anyone else but myself. Uh, I was, was very disciplined. I had to make weight classes. Um, and then I saw the improvement. The thing that I liked about weightlifting is that I can see improvements in three days thing about lacrosse I can only see the improvements maybe at a game depending on how many times I touched the ball you know so I I got very addicted to okay I see myself getting stronger okay I see muscle formation coming in I see Mm -hmm. my muscle maturity started to like it started becoming like I can physically see results and then that's what kind of kept me staying in it and then once I've learned what muscle control and having muscle in general as an athlete could do for you, it just made me a stronger player on the field. Like, so then I was like, okay, if I can bench this much and I can do this many pull-ups, how far can I clear? So then it was like, it kind of started correlating with each other. I was like, all right, if I can squat this much, how fast is my explosion to my first step to the ball? Like it it started just coming in. So I started getting addicted to the lifting in general. And then I applied it to my game. I started doing more goalie movements with weight training And then I just saw my game actually improve individually because I started practicing by myself. And, and that's kind of what got me in there. I think, and I didn't want to be the stereotypical goalie. That was like the biggest thing I wanted to stay away from, especially in Florida. It wasn't dominant sport. Um, Mm -hmm. The goalies I was going against didn't look like me. So I wanted to make sure that I just, I just wanted to be different. I wanted to pave the way of a different way of how goalie should be. And I think the most athletic person should be in goal because you are trying to be as fast as a 90 mile an hour shot, or you're trying to be as quick as you can possibly can. And you should be able to come out of your crease and do certain things. So I just wanted to, to break that stereotype and I wanted to be so far away from it. Like it was no one's business. And I, and I kind of just paved my little lane that way.
0: Love it. Love it. Yeah, I think it's so important for goalies um, to be, you know, uh, um, a gym rat, just be in the gym. Um, because, you know, you mentioned like, it, yeah, you get physically stronger, and you're able to like make saves, and you have more explosion, you can drive your hands to the ball quicker. But it's also this like mental thing. And you kind of like touched on it a little bit. It's like, if I can bench this much, like you just know you set yourself a goal. And then you hit that goal. And that is like, all right, that is a huge mental win. And you take that confidence into making saves, right? And you know, yeah, like once a goalie gets confidence, like that, it, that's the key.
1: Oh, absolutely. Definitely. It's like 90% mental, I want to say for sure.
0: Yeah. We're going to talk a lot about the mental game. Believe you <laughs> me, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's so important uh, for, for us goalies. Uh, cool. So then, then you, um, you got recruited to play at, at Towson uh for a couple of years and actually started two years for them, right? Correct. Yeah. And then quit not quit, but like took a break. Could you tell could you kind of tell your story and and quit. I
1: left. (laughs) It's okay.
0: I'd love to hear that story and kind of um, you know, what was going through your head there if if you're open to sharing. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, no worries. I've told it a lot. (laughs) Um so yeah, I went to Towson for two years. Um, my freshman year was cool. Started over two senior goalies. That wasn't always that fun. So you already have like the tension and, and frustration there. Um,
0: just because, like, my- just because they, they were start or you were starting and, oh, and like abs- that, that competition. Yeah,
1: Ab- absolutely. And the, the goalie before her name's Kelsey Donnelly. She played for the WPL and I think USA team. And she was like the, three years starting goalie for, for this, for the school before I came. So those two goalies were her backups. So Mm. by the time she left, they kind of thought that they would, that's, that was their chance. So then when I was recruited, I asked, I was like, what are my chances in playing? And I was told it was fair game. Mm. So I was like, all right, cool. Like I'm going to do what I need to do to get on this field. So I did everything I needed to do to get on the field. Um, It was fun. I was just really cold. Didn't really like it. Um, My first run test was in 17 degree weather. I'm this Florida chick that has (laughs) been basking in the sun and I was miserable. I remember I went back into locker room and I didn't understand how to thaw out properly. And I just went into the shower and put it on scalding hot water. And I literally started crying because I was, t- like, I was burning, like, I didn't I didn't understand how this worked, so that was, my, that was, like, first experience, I was, like, all right, don't even like the weather, two, uh, my dad actually got sick again, he had cancer when I was in middle school, but then he had cancer mm. again when I got to college, so then, now me being away from home was kind of iffy, um, me starting over the two senior goalies, kind of, the friendships on the team weren't really that like knit and tight, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I get to my sophomore year, I put on my helmet and I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, Mm -hmm. I was just like, this isn't fun anymore. I didn't, I didn't go to practice and have a smile on my face. I just wanted to like, not do anything. Um, I had a really big sense of independence. I definitely had like an entrepreneurial mindset my whole entire life. I like making money. I like having a job. I like working and I couldn't do that. At all, like, (laughs) like, and the way I wanted to work was in violations of NCAA. So therefore, I was like, all right, don't want to do that either. So, got to like October, fall ball of my sophomore year, and I told my coaches, I was like, hey, like, I don't really want to come back next year. And Mm -hmm. you harp on open and honesty, and I want to be open and honest with you now. So I just don't dip on you guys. On at the end of here. I want to finish out my year. I didn't want to, after my, my freshman year, things kind of evolved around my playing. So I didn't want to just leave them like high and dry like that, because that just wasn't the type of person I was. And that wasn't the team culture that I was a part of. So I kind of told my coaches, I was like, look, if me being open and honest with you is going to jeopardize my playing, like, I'm just going to go home now, because I'm not going to sit on the bench freezing, because that was another <laughs> situation, and then be miserable even more for me being honest with you. And they're like, no, 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 we're, we're playing off the season. So then I didn't tell my team until first game of conference. So my team didn't even know that I was leaving until probably one of the second to last game that we played that season. So we wanted to keep the, the mindset of the team focused. Um, I didn't really want people to know. Honestly, I think my coaches thought I would change my mind. So they didn't want it to, to be yeah. like that. Um But, yeah, I just wanted to be independent, wanted to live on my own. I I got a job. Um, The job I got was at a private high school with one of my friends. She just brought that team to the state championship, and she calls me, and she's like, hey, Eng, like, come here. I'll set you up, and we're going to win a state championship. And I was like, okay, like, whatever, cool. I had a job. Like, you know, I'll just go to FIU. I got into FIU that, that year, and I came down. I moved all my stuff. I left and they basically were like yeah i got fired sorry kid you're on your own i was (laughs) like oh cool like i just quit lacrosse (laughs) and you basically just gave me a job and now i don't have a job anymore and like i didn't know what to do i lived with my sister at the time she just kicked out her roommates to make room for me um and then i moved out of my sister's house about three or four months later." I just, again, wanted to be on my own. Didn't really want to ask my parents for help, but I had to figure out how to pay rent. So based on the connections I made from that one coach, I made one connection. That was it. It was another goalie. And that client basically was like, I'll buy out your time. I want 15 hours a week. I was like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, I do. Do you want 15 hours a week? And here's like 800 bucks. I was like, okay, cool. That's rent. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, in, in yeah. my head, I was like, I just made Brett in one week. Like that's that's sick. So then after that, he's like, come coach this club team. Uh, the coach kind of left them too. It's a bunch of it's sixteen middle schoolers, and they don't have a coach, and we want to keep these kids together. And I was like, absolutely not. I kind of want to stay out of lacrosse. I want to do something. I was like applying to all these different places and stuff like that for jobs. And he basically was like, No, like, please coach. Like, what do you want? And I was like, I don't want to talk to parents and I don't want to do emails. I just want to show up, coach some kids, and go home. And he's just like, Boom, done. I was like, Sweet. Okay, cool. Brent's paid for it for a few more months. Like, you know what I mean? Nice. <laughs> so then yeah, yeah, it kept him. kind of growing. Um, and then I started getting client after client after client, started getting into field players. Uh, I started running clinics. So then once I had like 30 kids at my clinic and kids were driving an hour just to come to my clinic. And I was like, Ooh, I need a, I need a business. I need a liability. I need insurance. I need to do something. All that adult stuff. Yeah. I was like, I need to do something legal here. Um, So, so that's basically how that whole thing started. And I just ran with it. Um, I went into about three different cities. I've just been kind of growing since and then I got back into the NCAA and I had to give it up, and that, right. now I'm back here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it waits Long for you story. on the other side. But um, yeah. my question I was going to ask is, you know, being a good coach is very different than being a good player, and some people have it, and some people don't. Like, obviously, you've got it. But so, what, what do you think makes you a good coach?
1: I think I was a good coach for certain kids. Okay. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Um, not for everybody. Yeah.
1: Not for everyone. Um, I got one. I was never taught the basics. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit here and necessarily teach you the basics because I don't even know them. You know, I just, I just did them. So Mm -hmm. that's very hard for me to articulate having someone brand new, especially in today's world where like PE class is not even a thing anymore. So now you have kids that never threw a baseball in their life and I can't relate to them because it's like, oh, lacrosse is like throwing a baseball, keep your elbow up. And they're like, I never threw a baseball. So like that or right there, I kind of like, I was like, okay, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Um, It wasn't the skill level that I gelled with. It was the mental aspects of the kid. If the kid wanted Mm. to get better and wanted to do good and wanted to try hard and give me 110%, I'll coach you. Mm -hmm. But if you're the kid that wanted me to be their babysitter, I, that, that wasn't me. Like I, I literally would tell parents like, Oh, uh, there's another coach that would like to babysit your kid. Like your kid doesn't want to be here, so I don't. Right. I don't really want to be here either. <laughs> if, if your kid doesn't want to be here, and people didn't like that, but it was also like I'm trying to put a roof over my head, and I also was trying to produce a product, and the, sure. and the product was how the kid performs. That 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 was my product. That was my business, and I and I didn't want to have kids that didn't care, as with my name all over it. And I know it sounds selfish. It probably sounds terrible. And people are like, stop, don't do that, blah, blah, blah. It's not the growth of the game. But that's how I was. I was young. I was 20 years old. I was on my own. And I was running my business from scratch. I didn't want to babysit. That was like the the one thing I didn't want to do. So I think the kids that came in that were ready to go, like those kids still hit me up today. And they're like, Coach Angie, like you literally changed my life with your mentality, I I try hard in everything. I go 110% in school. I go 110% in my recovery. I go 110% in my friendships just because of the mentality you you gave me. And that's the kid I want to coach. I don't care what you do on the field. (laughs) You know what I mean? I I care what you do in your life and what you took from the field off the field. And, And that's, that's the product I want. It had nothing to do with how good you were. I just wanted the type of person that resembled my mentality and, in my style of life and living. And, and that's what I just focused
0: on. I love it. Um, that's a very advanced thought for someone that young. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I do a lot of online business, like not, you know, related to lacrosse stuff and like just knowing your strengths and knowing like, hey, this is what I'm all about. And this is not what I'm about. Like, so it's if not you're it. here, like, I just don't want to work with you. When people are just getting started, normally it's like, "Oh, hey, you're interested? Great! Like, I'll take whatever I can get." But I, th- I think it's super smart what you did there, and that that waits for you on the other end. But then you um, went back into the NCAA and are now playing D1 with uh, with Virginia Tech. Yes. And um, I guess how first question I've got is like, how did all that coaching change your game, if at all? Your oh, completely! Completely, <laughs> it,
1: it okay. completely changed the type of player I was because. I wasn't the type of player that I practiced with my coach all the time. I always did individual lessons, always did film, but I was never the player that practiced by myself ever, Mm. ever. And one, I didn't know how (laughs) That that was one. And two, honestly, I didn't really care that much. I was tired and I got my spot. It was, I was very complacent in what I was doing. I knew what I needed to work on and I had someone help me do that, but I never did actually anything truly on my own. Then I started coaching and kids would come to practice and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Are you not at the wall? Like, you know, what I, mean? I was like, did yeah. you not practice? So then I got mad at kids for not practicing on their own when mm-hmm. I never practiced on my own. You know what I mean? So now, now that I'm back into the game, I try to be the player that I coach my kids to be. It really right. humbles me down a little bit. And now I actually put in work by myself. I know how to, because I had to be a coach and put lesson plans together. I studied as a coach. Like I was yeah. like, I don't even know the first thing about shooting. I seen it coming at me all the time. I didn't really know how to do it. You know, I, I barely knew how to play goalie. What, what do you want me to do? as a yeah. field player? So I had, to, I had to do a lot of studying and a lot of research with coaching. Um, I literally stepped in and, and watched my teammates coach. I, called teammates in. I flew them down and I didn't do anything. I just set up the clinics and I just stood there and watched and learned. Like, so I was more of like a consultant base, but once I got it back into college, I knew the type of player that I wanted my kids to be. So now I was like, okay, I need to do what I told these kids to do because I saw the improvements in them. So I was like, okay, if I did exactly what they did, maybe I can see different (laughs) improvements in me. And that's kind of what happened. I have a good relationship with my coach right now. Um, He doesn't talk to me like this recruit, like this kid. He kind of talks to me like a business partner, if you think about it. He really Mm -hmm. talks to me like just a grown adult, which I like because that's how I respond right now. I was in the real world for three years. I know I didn't want to come back to college. I didn't want to be around college kids. That was the last thing, honestly, on my mind. Uh, when he called me, I kind of laughed at his face and I was like, no way. <laughs> like, I was like, no, I'm not coming. So um, once we sorted it all out and I decided to come, we just kind of built this like very transparent relationship. And he tells me what I need to do and what he wants out of me. And I just make sure I try to be that person. Cause I, I think that's what a good player does. That's what a good teammate does is be the best version of yourself for the greater good of your team.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and also, I imagine like lacrosse goalies in by their nature, like are it's a leadership position, right? You're you're a, a second coach on the field, and right. so I imagine like then you taking all this knowledge that you've built up about how to coach the position, how to play defense, like that just totally ups your your goalie game, ups your team, ups your your uh, leadership. Uh, amongst that team, because you can be that second coach. And I think that's super strong.
1: Absolutely. I can definitely, I start correcting myself a lot more, not saying everything I know is correct, but I know when I mess up. So that's, Mm -hmm. that was like the game changer at Towson. I didn't necessarily know if I messed up, I would, I would do something and then I was told I was messed up. And that's because I just didn't know. Now when something happens, I'm like, Oh, I messed up. Now, if I don't know the answer, I'll definitely ask. If usually they just tell me anyway, but like now I'm more aware of like how the game works again like how things are supposed to shift and move how my yeah. body is supposed to be like I'm just more visual because I saw the game from the sideline for three years so now I can right. see it at a different angle and even when I was coaching I stood behind the goal like you never catch, <laughs> catch me on this side because I didn't understand the game that way so yeah. it, it's definitely a, a different sense but I I like it I think it puts me at an advantage that I've had to dissect the game in a different way and then go back to playing. That's why you see all these pros coaching now, and now their game has definitely improved because they're now coaches. They had to break yeah. things down in ways they didn't think they had to break it down. They see things before they actually happen, and now you just have a stronger sense of, of what's going on, and anticipation is huge. You can see patterns flow perfectly. Like, I don't know, the coaching game definitely just elevated – my playing game because I just understood the game better
0: totally I could totally sympathize with that because I mean when I started coaching goalies like you have to even like I played goalie but you have to like to coach you have to learn something at such a different such a higher level such a more profound level to teach it to someone else so if you think you know something try teaching that thing to someone else and you realize yep. you know what I actually probably don't know this and you gotta <laughs> you gotta dig deep so i Wish I could go back and play uh, back in college.
1: <laughs> oh, It's definitely a different game. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. Angie, let me take a quick break so I can read a word from our sponsor, and that is my own Online Lax Goalie Rat Academy. This academy is what I wish I had when I was first starting out in goal, when I was first learning the position. I was nervous. I had no idea what to do to make saves. And it's nerve-wracking trying to be a leader of the team when you have no idea what you should be doing. This training is what I've put together to overcome that, to take you from a nervous, shy goalie to a relaxed, calm leader capable of making save after save. It's all the training you need from the skills, the technique, the physical, the mental mindsets, just loaded and loaded with awesome, awesome material. Check it out, laxgoalierat.com goal, Laxgoalierat dot com slash goal let's get back to it um you mentioned like now you know how to get better on your own um and kind of train on your own as a goalie for the young girls um or I guess even guys for that matter listening to this like what what do you recommend is it a bunch of wall ball Do you got like jump rope like what's kind of your regiment uh training wise
1: um I have phases I guess you can say so during the summer was just a lot of COVID and quarantine and social distancing and cancelships. So I was very limited. (laughs) Yeah, that was basically my first season of training by myself, truly. Um, I did a lot of jump rope. I did a lot of explosive work. And I had to make sure I could carry my stick. I think the issue that a lot of goalies have is that they can't hold their stick, right? They they get too tired and they can't keep it up. I wanted to make sure I could literally manhandle my stick. That was my goal. Um, my main focus this summer was stick handling. Uh, the game again has changed since I i was only gone for what three years and the game has changed with a bunch of different rules and now goalies are doing certain things that I never did so I was like okay I need to get better at this because this goalie at this school is really good at it and this wasn't a thing three years ago so my focus this summer was stick handling. I think goalies who can have You don't have to have the stick work. You don't need to do all this like fancy stuff, but you better be able to move and dodge. So that was my biggest focus. Um, I was fortunate enough to train at Virginia Tech the whole entire summer. I didn't really go home. I just stood here and, and trained. So we had a shed that had dumbbells, sleds, like old school weights and everything and rope battle ropes and all that stuff. And I was like, all right. And then one of my friends that was staying here all summer had a bench at his house. So that was basically, yeah. So it was, I felt like I was fine, but yeah, my main focus this summer was technique, strict fundamentals of stick work and explosiveness. That was all I focused on. I didn't even get shot on. Nice. I didn't want any shots. I just wanted to focus on my movement. So I think that's really smart.
0: Like, yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah. really smart, especially in a position like lacrosse goalie where, you know, taking a lot of shots can really burn you out.
1: It hurts. Um, it, hurts. <laughs> it hurts. It
0: hurts. It hurts. <laughs> I mean, getting hit in the shin sucks, and the thigh. What, what's your Everything. worst spot? What's your worst spot for you? Like getting hit? Yeah, getting hit. Taking taking like a direct I think shot. The
1: skimmers in the inner thigh.
0: That mm, You know, that like go in the goal. Like,
1: that go in <laughs> hits you. Rip your whole entire skin off. Yeah. My shins actually started bleeding this past season i got hit so many times in my shins blood started coming out mm. that like i've never had that happen in my entire life and i was like this is miserable i finally put on shin pads like that, that was it like i put on shin pads my trainer is like you need to do something because this is not working <laughs> and yeah. i was like all right i'll wear pads so i wore pads for practice didn't wear pads for the games because yeah to be cool and have swag or whatever but yeah, I wore pads for practice for sure because I was just like, okay, I'm like hurting. This is not fun.
0: Right yeah, <laughs> I, want, I wanted to ask you a question about pads because, um, you know, for the guys' game, like everyone's, you know, wearing pads essentially, the like helmets, gloves. Everyone's everyone's padded up. So the goalie's not that much different. But in the girls' game, like they're the only ones wearing the full, you know, the full Cascade helmets or whatever brand, but full helmets. You yep. know what I mean? Did that affect you at all?
1: having pads. Um, starting off, yeah, when you're when you first learn how to play lacrosse being a goalie, there wasn't really much hand-me-down stuff because there's only one goalie on every team, you know? So when you have the boys game, you can get pads no problem because everyone on mm. your team has pads. Yeah. For the girls game, I had to get my own pads. And it, it wasn't really one cheap and, and two I didn't even know the first thing about pads because then there's a style of padding, you know what I mean? So that, like the pads I wear right now are very sleek. I can move in them. I can be more agile. Remember every ball is like two feet in front of me in the girls game. <laughs> um, yeah. So like it, it's definitely a different style of padding. And then you go to the older levels and you have them wearing less pads and you're like, why? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why wow, do you want less pads and harder shots? Doesn't really make yeah. sense. But yeah. then you realize in your head, okay, these kids can actually shoot at that level and maybe not hit you. But when they do hit you, it, it actually hurts. So it's it's like, a, do I mind the pads? No, because I don't really like being hit that much. Obviously, I don't think any goalie actually likes being like actually hit, but- right was it difficult to find pads of my liking and understanding which pad does what? Yeah, for sure. Cause I, I, you would see goalies in like catcher equipment and at tournaments when I was in middle school. And I was like, yeah, That's yeah. Not it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And like I guess, bar syndrome.
0: and I guess too, like coming from that catcher background, like you're used to like being the only one in pads. So it's, so it's not as like much of a shock when you're like, Oh, I'm the goalie. Like I'm different. Like I'm, you know, I'm, no, yeah, you didn't it, You didn't go through that. You're still like, I'm part really. of the team. Yeah, okay.
1: And in, in Florida, uh for FHSAA, whatever the acronym is, um, they have a rule that girls have to wear helmets in high school. So now I had mm-hmm. to play with helmets in high school as well, like my team did. I think that the issue that I found with lacrosse is that, like, in softball, like, if you get hit in the pads, you don't feel it. Same thing with, like, hockey goalies or any other yeah. – goalie out like you don't feel it but for lacrosse that's not the case like you can have a pad and you can still feel the ball through the pad and I think that was like the biggest hump that I had to get over because I necessarily didn't feel protected like I did in softball like if I get hit in my softball shin pads the ball ricocheted but if I get hit on my goalie shin pads right now the ball dies so so it's like it's a different type of padding so I I guess embracing the suck
0: is embracing the, the suck yeah, the there's situation. certainly like i i didn't tell you my i started playing goalie in college um oh, and wow. there's and there's certainly like this level where like you're like scared of the ball scared of the ball scared of the ball and then boom there's like a switch and you're just like you know what i got this and you know it's going you still know it's going to hurt if you get hit but you, but you just kind of flip this switch mentally of like all right i'm just going to attack the crap out of the shot uh, did you kind of experience that right.
1: Yeah, I, I took a physics class. and I think that's what kind of changed my perception on getting hit. And it's like, if I was just a, a dead wall, right, and I didn't move to the ball and the ball hit me, it's going to hurt a lot more than me actually going towards the ball, just in physics sense, you know? So, so then I was like, all right, I know it sucks, but I have to move towards the fast moving object or it's going to hurt more because it's going to be like a car hitting a wall compared to a car hitting another car. And I would rather have a car hitting another car be- any day before a car hitting just a stationary wall because all that force comes back to you. Yeah. So you're going to absorb everything. So, yeah, I'd, I would rather use my momentum and my trajectory to go in towards the ball because I think it hurt 10 times less.
0: Love it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, <laughs> physics. Who, who'd have thought physics and lacrosse goalies? Just...
1: Physics and lacrosse goalies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, If you could go back and give the younger Angie uh, a little bit of goalie advice or I guess even just a little bit of life advice, what what would you say to her?
1: Those are always the worst and toughest questions to answer, you know, because I'm still young, you know, it's true. Yeah, (laughs) Um, I would say
0: more individual work.
1: I would say, I I wish I practiced mindfulness younger. I wish I understood what being in the present meant.
0: I love it. Let's talk about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When I was younger, I didn't like mindfulness. Obviously the definition of mindfulness is being in the present, but mindfulness for me is not dwelling on the past and not wishing time away for the future. So when I was younger, I couldn't wait to go play in high school. Once I got to high school, I couldn't wait to go play in college. You know, once I got to college, I couldn't wait to go into the real world. I wasn't ever in the moment. I didn't necessarily take it in for what it was. Or if I was in goal and I had five shots light me up, was I still thinking about those five shots or did I reset my my mind and focus on the present moment? So I, I would think more mindfulness practice would be young and understanding what it was. Cause I don't think a lot of kids understand what mindfulness is, but the kids that do are the ones that have a calmer temper or the ones that are more aware of their surroundings or like, Mm -hmm. so I I just feel like if I understood what that was, I would be a lot better off.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Great answer. Um, How, how does one build that? Or I guess, how how did you build that? Because, it's very tough. I'll start I'll start by agreeing on that. Like it's it's really hard, especially like as a lacrosse goal, you give up a goal and you just have all these like natural um, emotions just just like fire up. Like, oh, I should have saved that one. Like, oh, my team thinks that like I'm letting them down or I think I'm letting the team down. Um, so how like did you go about approaching mindfulness?
1: Um, my coach, Towson, was very into it. Okay. Um, so that's how I first really understood it. Uh, And then I understood my body. So with mindfulness is a lot of control, right? Non-judgmental thoughts. So if I had a thought in my head like, oh, that ball went past me, that's bad. That's a judgmental thought. No, that ball just went past me, my hands dropped. Mm -hmm. Two different things. You see (laughs) see what I mean? Like those are two different mindsets. So if if I was just more realistic of what was going on, just because different or something failed doesn't mean it's bad. So once I took the word bad out of my vocabulary, things started to light up just a little bit because now I just had to change. And change isn't always bad either. So I Mm. I think controlling my breathing was one because I I would feel my heart rate really, really intense. And if I can control my heart rate after a shot, I was already reset. Mm. I think a lot of goalies have the shot get past them, have the goal scored on them and their heart rate's like booming and they're, and they're fired up and they're more tense. If I can breathe, control my heart rate back down, I'm now back to square one. Nice. But if I'm constantly hyped up, I'm still dwelling on the past. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not going to work. So I, I think breathing exercises are huge. Um, meditation in in a mindfulness way. So like, I don't really sit here and like sit in silence. I, I, I find it not for me, but I know if I'm like walking my dog, I'm visually aware. I'm looking at the trees and looking at the sidewalk, looking at the ground. Like I'm, I'm seeing like, like what is happening now. So that's how like I do my mindfulness practice. So like definitely in goal, I just try to breathe. Like I, it sounds weird. I know a lot of people probably are like, wow, this is really like, stupid or whatever but it's kind of just like it it works like and I think people should do that in the real world not just not just in goal there's like oh yeah
0: your breath is huge people keep so much like tension from just failing to breathe in the right ways and just don't live good lives so yeah it's great as a goalie it's great as a uh, as a whatever (laughs) yeah anything (laughs) what about um you mentioned about like not living in the present in the sense of like, when you're in high school, I want to go to college. When you're in college, I want to go out into the real world. How did you learn to enjoy the present?
1: Um, I'm still working on that, honestly, because I'm like already ready to get out of college. But I mean, I've been in college for a really long time. I've been back and forth. I feel like I have my reasons and they're valid, but (laughs) um, being here was I don't take a lot of pictures. So I'm the, I like people find that really weird. Like my friends are like, oh, I want to post something, but we have no pictures together. So I don't take a lot of pictures. So I can't go back in my phone and look at memories. And like, and I, and I noticed that because I was just like, man, remember this time? Like, let me see if I have something and I, and I couldn't do it. So once I was like, man, I don't even take pictures. Like I can't even look at memories. I can't even go back and like, what's going on. I really started to, enjoy what was here because I knew I wasn't going to take any pictures so I wanted to make sure I could sit here and at least remember and like enjoy being in the presence of someone else or or even just like in relationships in general like why would I rush through my relationship I, I would I want to enjoy the, the present time that I am with someone so then mm-hmm. I can fulfill that whole entire time instead of just like rushing it through that would make no sense so I definitely think my dating life <laughs> has has changed that mindset of, of being a little more in the present. Um, and definitely my business mindset, I, I had to focus on things that were head on and right now. I couldn't worry about problems that didn't even happen yet. The, the what if situation, not in my vocabulary, what if this, what if that's dumb? And, and I think people try to find motivation of doing things. I'd rather just have drive of doing things and having that dealing with things that come as they go like I couldn't just create a problem in my head that didn't even happen and then worry about that problem that still hasn't happened yet that could have happened and maybe didn't happen maybe won't happen and just didn't make sense to me so I I just wanted to take things as they come and then go from there
0: love it that's great I will also add that as somebody whose best athletic years are well behind them, well behind him, like it goes really fast and you know, your, your four collegiate years or however long you play. Uh, and you're never going to have that, that bond, that experience, that like fraternity or group of for a sorority group of friends that nothing, nothing. you're never going to have that, like not in the business world, not, you know, not in anything else. So like really enjoy it while you do. Cause it goes very fast.
1: I've learned because I had to come
0: back. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you're in a very yeah. unique spot. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, when you think about mental toughness, is a lot of it is a lot of it for you the 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 mindset or like how how do you go about coaching mindset to other kids or how, how do you think about like being mentally mentally tough?
1: I think it's hard to coach mentality. I think a lot of it comes from what happens at home.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of
1: it comes from just who you are as a person, you know, like I, I like the kids that I changed their mentality, they had to literally hate themselves first and then come back. So imagine coming to, mm-hmm. to practice, throwing up, hating life, and then they got back up and did it. So I, I think like creating that mental toughness for me, like I had to hit rock bottom to have that, that toughness. I don't think people who like haven't experienced any type of adversity has mental toughness. That's just my opinion. But like, I I think you have to experience some type of failure, not being scared to fail. It's okay to mess up. And I tell my kids mess up big. If you're going to mess up, mess up big. I want to see it across the the other side of the field. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, I'm so scared to fail. And I think that that's the mental toughness. Cause you're not, if you fail, doesn't mean you failed at everything you only failed when you quit. You only failed when you didn't learn from it. You only failed when you didn't do anything after you messed up. So I I think like hitting some type of rock bottom or some type of failure is kind of how I teach my mental toughness. It's, it's definitely a hard way. Um, I grew up with more militant coaching styles in in my days. Um, So if I can make a kid just like question their existence at practice, just a little bit, and then come back ready to, beat that be better than what they did the day before then I just changed their mental toughness because I just challenged them in a way that they didn't think they could be challenged. I just made them do something that they didn't think they could ever do. And and I think that's how you get kids to change. It's not just like patting them on the back and telling them good job. It's like no this is this is a challenge. Can you do the challenge or can you not do the challenge? All challenges are are attainable. All challenges are doable. Now where's your mental toughness to finish out this challenge? And they all kind of just look at me and they're like, I'm like, who's going to quit? And they're like, I'm not quitting. So I'm like, all right, you're going to figure it out. You know what I mean? So I I feel like just having some type of challenge or adversity or failure. My coach asked me all the time, they're like, how do I get girls on the team to think like you? And I was like, they need to fail. Mm. They, they, they need to, I don't know, not doing what they're doing right now. You know what I mean? Like there, there needs to be some type of challenge in their life for them to overcome So they can have that, that mental toughness and mental wall to to break that barrier.
0: Yeah. Well, luckily as lacrosse goalies, we can fail 15 to 20 times per game, all the (laughs) time, all the (laughs) time, all the time. And you have to be able to deal with that, you know, mentally. I mean, that's, that's like, you played soccer goalie, right? Like you have a bad game. You give up three goals. Maybe that's a bad game. Bad game. Yeah. Right. Like lacrosse goalie, you have a bad game. Like you're giving up 20, um, and that's tough, and 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 that t- t- takes a little bit of a mental mindset shift as well. Like you can't go in thinking you're going to only give up three goals. Like, you know, you've got to know like this is this is the game. For
1: sure, that's what i definitely had to learn for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. The other thing <laughs> I love men- that you mentioned there, and I'm a big fan of when it comes to coaching mental toughness. Um, and I could see, by the way, how your coaching style is not for everyone. You mentioned that back yeah. at the back yeah, I was at the like, beginning.
1: Not for <laughs>
0: I can definitely see that, but but for those that that do, like it works, it works amazing. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. I can totally, I can totally see that. (laughs) Um, I would say, what was I say? Oh, about pushing yourself um, is is a big part of the mental toughness for me, right? And, And I talked a little bit about it about pushing pushing yourself in the gym, pushing yourself on every drill. Like, all right, cool, like we did whatever drill, I got 20 saves in a minute, let me go for 25. Can I get 25? And just constantly like pushing yourself to me is a way to build mental toughness. Cause you know, like, cool, like you can see progression. I can see myself getting better. Um, I think you kind of hit on that, which I really like. Thank you. Uh, who were some of, just who were some of the, who were some of the goalies that that you learned from?
1: Like who I looked up to? Yeah. Um, Devin Wills was a huge one. Mm-hmm. Uh she made I believe she made the New York Lizards team. Um she was just I don't know, she was just a badass. So it's just yeah. like, all right, yeah, her, her mentality was very just like point blank, this is what it is. Um Liz Hogan was was another one. She I liked her style of playing, was very athletic. She was another yeah. fitness freak as well. So it was just like I try to look at goalies like that that was similar to my style and those two goalies are definitely the the two that that popped up. Um, I just saw Devin Willis everywhere on the magazines. Like I said, I didn't really watch lacrosse when I was younger. Wasn't really present on TV, still really isn't present on TV, but really wasn't present on TV when when I was younger. Um, There wasn't a pro league when I was younger. So it's just like, I had to find the names that popped out were the ones that deserved to be popped out. And those Two goalies, right? Liz was with Syracuse, and that was when Syracuse yeah. had that huge run. And Devin was with USA, and they were just killing it at World Cup. And then those were just the two goalies that I, I kind of relate my style to. Um, both of them are very A to B goalies, like point blank. What's the fastest way to the ball? And and I like that they use their athleticism, and they and they aren't robotic. Uh, like they they aren't very like you know what I'm talking about what I mean by like robotic.
0: Yeah. Like very technical, like I'm going to move this and then move that. Yeah. Then, no, they
1: just saved the ball. And that's, that was yeah. kind of what I wanted to do. That's who I want to be. I told you before, like make sure the ball doesn't go in the back of the net. And those are the two goalies that made sure the ball didn't go in the back of the net.
0: Awesome. I've had them both on the show. They're great. They're they're really awesome. I've chatted with both of them. Um, a part of being great goalies. They're just, you know, loving giving, great like just like you love to give back to the game and, and kind of like are willing to, you know, coach youngsters wherever they can. Um, I want to ask a question. So you go, you end up going back to Virginia Tech and it's, it's a brand new team. It's a new start, right? How do you like goalies need to be leaders of the team? It's often very, very difficult when you're first starting, like nobody knows you. How do you go about like building, becoming a leader of a team when it's brand new? I
1: think playing well. That was playing well was huge. I couldn't, Mm -hmm come here, not play well, and tell people what to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think that would work in any sport. Walk, you know? <laughs> walk.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: I, 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 My team put more pressure on me. Well, I put pressure on myself, but I felt like my team put more pressure on me to do well because I wanted their respect so badly. Mm-hmm. I knew they needed a goalie. I had two and a half weeks to get shots on before my first game. And I haven't seen the ball in three years. Yeah. I didn't save a single ball for about three or four days. Not one. <laughs> and I was like, man, these girls probably think I suck. Like, you know, <laughs> like, I was
0: yeah. just like. Oh. like, we, we recruited her? What? I, yeah, I, like, I was like,
1: man, this sucks. Like, I was like I, I'm like, I can't even see the ball. I literally, I got out my first practice and I was, my coach was like, how was it? And I was like, balls are fast. <laughs> like, I had like no nothing so I felt like me playing well and gaining my respect maybe the top shooter I just stuffed her maybe I made an interception for a play that always worked like maybe I had to do something to gain their respect as a player before I can start opening my mouth and they then they start to know me as a person and I think that also helped off the field on the field as well getting to know me off the field so like once they knew who I was and like What I've done and what I'm about, and just like my mentality, and like talking to me and knowing me as just a a human, I think I got their respect a little more on the field because now I didn't just walk the walk, but I could talk the talk, and my talk did back up my walk. And, And I think that's what helped. And my first game in there, and I was like, oh man, like I can't suck today. Like I literally was like, this can't be bad. Like I was so nervous my first game. And then I ended up doing well. And then after that, they're like, oh okay, Angela, like, you're cool. I was like, oh, cool. Like I'm in the club. Like, you know, so nice. I had yeah. to I had to play like two or three games to really, really get their respect because I didn't want to open my mouth and tell people what to do or direct people. But then it gets to the point you're at an elite level. I want the shots I want. Like that's what it is. And like I'm gonna direct my defense to give me the shots that I want that I think I can save better. So it was more of like a help me to help you type. Mm -hmm. relationship I was like look I need your help so then I can help help you do something so and I think that's kind of like the the respect level I got from my team
0: I love it do you still get nervous before games absolutely yeah how how do you deal with that
1: uh various ways you know why not go to someone that knows me I think my coaches know me um especially John Sung Mike Molster was my coach at at Towson, they, they knew me, they trained Mm -hmm. with me, they talked to me every day, they know my tendencies, they can tell, like, I remember one game, John was like, you need to calm down, (laughs) and I was like, I was like, oh, okay, like, I didn't even notice it, does that make sense, like, so it was like, I need some, I need to be around someone, or at least a coach, or some type of person that's not in the field with me, that, that knows me, and can read my tendencies to, like, help me understand me and, and what, what I'm going through. Um, honestly, after the first two or three shots, I'm like, okay, whatever. Like I'm, I'm about, I'm like, I'm yeah. in it. It's fine. But like, yeah, getting into the game, like those first 30 seconds, I'm nervous wreck. Like I absolutely, I have butterflies in my stomach. I'm like, Oh gosh. And like, for me, I always like making, I'd rather make a save than the goal in the first shot. I think any goalie, Yeah, obviously like that. But I it's like the really biggest thing for me. I was like, I need to make the first save or I need to make the save before the other goal. Like I start putting like competitions in my head to like hopefully do better. Do I do well under pressure? Yeah, Um, I think that's why goalies are goalies. But I need to be around someone that understands me in order for me to technically understand me.
0: That's smart. Yeah, that's smart. I mean, plus they have a whole new, a whole different perspective on, you know, yeah. You're, you're up here in your head and, and not seeing the whole picture. They see it from like a, a very detached way and they can kind of provide yeah. some of that guidance. So I think that's, that's very smart. And like you, I was super nervous until I got that first save. I don't yes. know <laughs> if someone's got the magic <laughs> key to that. Like, you know, um, awesome. I read that, uh, you, uh, we doing some virtual coaching with Harlem lacrosse. Yes. Could you, could you talk about that?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Wasn't really coaching. I couldn't do coaching because of the NCAA, but Mm. I was with Harlem because of the NCAA. Um, I had to get volunteer hours for my community service to get reinstated back into the NCAA. So to get reinstated, I had to pay like a $2,700 fine. And then I also had to do 98 hours of community service. Yeah, I know. I did the same face. So (laughs) I had to figure something out. And they wanted my hours by the end of season. So I had to go write an appeal to get an extension because it was like, how am I supposed to do 98 hours of community service plus X amount credits of school plus 20 hours, how many hours a week I do a practice. And like, I'm in Blacksburg, Virginia. So I'm like, I'm kind of confused. So what I did for a little bit was read the cats at a humane society, like, Literally to socialize them. So that's what I did for five hours read every Sunday. Read to them. Read to cats. I had to literally read to cats to socialize these cats. And I called my coach and I was like, we need to figure something out because I am not doing this. Like I was like, like I was like, this is terrible. These like, cats, they're just not hours.
0: paying attention. I can't
1: <laughs> They ended up liking me after about like four or five visits. They finally like came out and started like Letting me pet them, but not the point. Okay. Like I did what I needed to do yeah. and I was just not about it. So, so um I had to write back to the NCAA and ask, like, am I allowed to work with Harlem? Uh there is certain things, like I couldn't work with high schoolers, I can only work really with middle schoolers. I couldn't mm-hmm. really teach the cross, but I can mentor and tutor. So it was like, I can do certain things but not certain things. I could like refer videos, but I couldn't really be in the videos. Like it was just like so many things, but yeah, that's basically how I got involved with Harlem to begin with. Um I'm still doing community service hours. I still had to do community service hours for a class now, so still with Harlem, but I've ended up getting pretty close to the kids. Uh, really them seeing representation in the sport of just someone that looks like them was huge. Uh, mm. Something that someone they can talk to about problems, uh, personal experiences, they asked me how I dealt with certain things. And it, it was, it was cool. It was really lightening and it was humbling. Like I, I didn't realize the platform position I had just because of what I looked like at a certain level of playing. I didn't mm-hmm. get that. Completely like went through my head, didn't care before. Then once I started talking to these kids and I was like, Oh, this is important. Like I was like yeah. I need I was like I I need to be there for them. So that's basically we would check in like once or twice a week. We would have talks, I would give them like a mentorship program. So I had them do like kind of homework, we talked about mindfulness, had them have positive affirmations right? Things, three things they need to work on, three things that they feel like they're great on. How do we improve that? What's their weekly goal? What's their life goal in five days? What's their school goal? Like, so those, those are like the little things that I kind of did for them was kind of try to help them off the field as much as I possibly can. And the things they learned off the field, they can hopefully take, take onto the field as well. I know people kind of say, take things from on the field, off the field, but no, I wanted to focus on, The off the field part and then how they can put it back on the field because that that's what's hard for our sport especially being only like two percent of black and minority groups it's it's like you know you need to figure out what to do off the field and then we can we can put this back into our sport
0: that's awesome well thank you for doing that i i think the more diversity we can get in lacrosse and just the more like the game's going to grow in general so i think that's really awesome very cool, well, thank you so much, Angie. This was so much fun uh, just chatting about, about you, your life, and, and um, I wish you tons of success in, in the rest of your collegiate career. And then, uh, I mean, you are a go-getter, so I, I know you're gonna have tremendous success once you graduate uh, as well. If, if you were gonna leave um, the young goalies, maybe the young girls out there with one last piece of advice, what, what would that be?
1: Never stop being yourself. Don't change for anyone. You know, um be unapologetically yourself with good reason. Yeah. But but be but be yourself. Don't change.
0: Love it. Angie, thank you so much. Awesome. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with one of the best female collegiate goalies in our sport right now. That's Angie Benson playing. At Virginia Tech. The guests on this show happen to be more male than female. It's always awesome to get a different perspective. And Angie definitely brings that awesome, awesome interview. I hope you guys learned some things. Let me know what you learned. I would love to, I would love to hear it. Damon at com is my email. I love interacting with you guys. I love talking lacrosse goalie. All right. Thank you to Angie for coming on the show. She's a real young go-getter. As I said at the end of the program, I truly believe that, and she is definitely headed places. That'll do it for this week. Hope you enjoyed that episode. As always, get out there, get some work in, be well. I'm Coach Damon. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.